No one had ever lived there, at least not as long as I could remember, but I was 12, so that didn't mean much. I asked dad once, but we'd moved in only a year before I was born, and no one was there then. Mom passed away when I was young, so it's always just been dad and I. He worked two jobs and seemed less interested in my questions about the house. I was on my own most of the time, and usually had to figure things out for myself. The for sale sign out front had come and gone with the seasons. They'd get weathered down, taken away, and eventually replaced with bright new ones. What a waste. I never saw one open house, and I can't even remember seeing anyone going in. Not a real estate agent or a contractor. The house didn't even have a number on the front. Though it was sitting between 37 and 41 Somerset Street, so I could ballpark it. I mentioned no one had ever lived there. That's true, no one had. But as I watched down from my bedroom window, that was about to change. There was a huge moving truck parked in the driveway of the house next door. A family moving in. I watched the two parents closely. I know it's a weird thing to notice, but each time they passed each other with a new load from the truck, his hands would find a way to touch her. Then she'd giggle and swipe back at him. They seemed to show affection towards each other throughout the move. The daughter looked to be their only child. She'd catcall or whistle when she saw her parents get close. She didn't make fun of them or groan, but she egged them on. But they seemed so friendly to one another, young, fun, and lighthearted. This tight-knit family that truly enjoyed each other's company. I always wondered what that would be like. The longer I watched, the more fixated I was on her. She wore a sundress and seemed to always be smiling. Her blonde ponytail bounced when she walked, although she moved as delicately as a ballerina. I had to talk to her. I had to meet her. I'd been watching for about two hours before I got the nerve to go down and offer my help. I figured I could lend a hand for whatever else needed carrying. That'd be helpful, I thought. I could stay outside, too, and just lend a hand that way. I didn't want to go inside, though. I've never trusted that house. It'd been so long since I'd seen something, and every time I fought back, the images got a little hazier and the memories more distant. But they were there, right between me learning to ride a bike and having the same one stolen. The first time I remember knowing something was wrong, I was young, and I only have flashes of the memory. Not quite a full roll, but close. I was probably about four. I was in the backyard with my mom. It was just before she passed away. We were having a picnic. I remember those old red and white checker tablecloths laid out, a wicker basket, small sandwiches, and sliced oranges. I was eating watermelon. Then I was by myself. I can't remember why. Maybe mom went to the bathroom or something, but I was alone in the backyard, and I heard someone call out. It sounded like dead, crackling leaves. I didn't want to turn around, but the voice called out again, louder this time. Darren. I looked back, following the voice. It came from the house next door. Nobody lived there, and I'd never seen anyone inside. But someone was inside. It was an old woman. The hair she had clung to the sides of her head in wavy tufts. She was waving at me from the kitchen window. She had the biggest smile, ear to ear. It was too big, and it grew frightening. 
and then her face, it just fell off. Like the skin just fell off and she kept smiling. Then mom came back out and the old lady was gone. I kept looking back to the house, but she never reappeared. I told mom and she said it was probably just a shadow, but I never believe that. Shadows don't smile or wave or have faces that slide off like some sick magic trick. There was an old lady waving at me in the house that day, and you couldn't convince me otherwise. But okay, that was a long time ago, and it was time to go meet my new neighbor. Casey was yelling directions to her parents in the moving truck as they navigated a mattress out onto the driveway. That's something I could be helping with. I checked myself in the mirror for some reason. Yeah, I still look the same. No better. There wasn't much I could do at this point. Hopefully, she'd still be interested. I went downstairs and watched from the living room. Her parents were carrying the mattress, and Casey was now by herself at the truck. I strapped on my runners and rushed out the front. My screen door slammed behind me, sending out a warning signal that I was coming. Casey heard it. She peeked out from inside the truck, a curious smile spread across her face. I blurted out a, hey, like I'd never spoken before. She probably thought I didn't speak English, but she smiled back and said, hi. I was surprised to see that up close, she had this rough and tumble look about her, like she could climb trees and jump in quarries and keep up on the bike without skipping a single beat. I felt like my best friend had just moved in. The fact is, she'd also triggered something in my heart, which I could only guess was what love felt like. Everything about her seemed so easygoing and fun and up for anything. I snapped back to reality and realized she was waiting for a response from me. I'd barely met her and already started imagining all the great times we'd spend together. I blurted out a, sorry, I missed that? She asked my name. We introduced ourselves. Casey. Her name was Casey. And I was Darren, and we were pleased to meet each other. Through the fence separating our houses, she looked at me like a best friend and the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen mixed into one. I knew it was only a matter of seconds before I was on the other side of the fence. I didn't know what to say and totally forgot about offering my help, so I just started talking. I told her I'd lived there my whole life, so I knew the neighborhood well. She asked if I could be her guide. Her dad had just gotten her a new bike, and she wanted to stretch its legs. I stumbled at least five times to get the word yes out. There was something about her that was just intoxicating. I couldn't get over it. I just wanted to be next to her. The wind picked up and I caught a whiff of her shampoo. It smelled like coconuts and heaven. She said she had to get back to moving and asked if I wanted to help. I nodded. As I rounded the fence, I thought about the bike trips I'd take her on around the neighborhood. I could take her to the ravine down in White Hill Park, the Anderson Quarry, out to the old electrical and machine shop warehouse on the outskirts of town. I bet she'd want to see it all. And then my stomach went sour, only for a moment, but enough for me to taste bile at the back of my throat. I thought about the second time I'd seen something at the house next door. It was about three years after the backyard picnic. Mom was gone and I was sad and now angry because my bike had been stolen recently. 
We didn't have the money to replace it quickly, which meant I was walking everywhere until Christmas. That bike was a vessel to take me places far enough away that I felt like a different person. It was fast, and it made the perfect clicking when I added bike cards to the spokes. I rode that bike everywhere. In less than 20 minutes, I could be walking around in different parts of town and just feel like someone from that neighborhood. I could be someone else. A straight-A student, captain of a soccer team, with two loving parents. A mom, a sister, a brother, a younger one that looked up to me. I could teach him things and be a good big brother to him and our sister. I'd pretend to run into people I knew. Oh, me? I'm just walking my bike home for a full dinner with my loving family. I had all these elaborate fantasies of who I could be and what my different families were like in different parts of town. Those days, biking around, it gave me the most beautiful escape from my home. I was robbed of that oasis when my bike was stolen. I was relinquished to my house and limited to foot distance, which wasn't far. I searched up and down streets anyway, looking for my bike, but I never found it. So home it was. I waited for Christmas to come. One night, a raging storm outside woke me up, but it wasn't the heavy thunder. It was the sound of my bike bell that brought me out. Through the rain and thunder, I could hear that old bike bell from a mile away. I shot up in bed, waiting for it to chime again. Then it came. The ding was slightly louder now. That was it. That was definitely my bell. It hitched the same way at the end of the snap. I got up and went to the window. My room looked out onto the house next door in its backyard. It was really raining out, and the storm seemed to be right overhead. And there it was. My bike right in their backyard. Standing up straight, the kickstand was deployed and keeping it level. It just stood there, in the middle of their backyard, waiting to be ridden. I needed it back. Now. I threw on a sweatshirt and pants, then a windbreaker, and I snuck downstairs. It sounded like a tsunami outside, but I put on some boots and crept out the back door. The constant lightning made it hard to be stealth so I kept close to our house as I walked to the fence. I ducked down and peeked through the fence, scanning across the backyard lawn for my bike. But it was gone. I stood up, looking over the fence with a full view of the backyard, and it was empty. What had I seen? I played back the image of my bike, standing proudly in the rain right there. Yeah, that was it. I saw it. You couldn't convince me I didn't. My eyes picked up some reflections in the grass. I focused on them through the rain. What were they? My bike cards. Only a few of them, but they were mine. They were the same brand I used. My eyes followed the trail as they led up to the back steps of the house, and then I saw it. My bike. It was laying on the porch, half in the shadows. Its front wheel spinning slowly, dropping bike cards down the steps. The back door wavered open and closed as the storm surged. The old woman was back, standing in the entrance. She smiled at me with her hand out, offering the bike. 
I didn't wait for her face to fall off this time. I ran back inside my house, locked everything, and crawled into bed with my wet jacket and boots still on. That was a long time ago, though. Over five years. I rounded the fence, about to step onto the property for the first time. Casey was watching me curiously as I stood on the border between our properties. She asked if I was okay. That was all I needed to push me into new territory. I stepped over, and despite my fears, nothing happened. Or rather, nothing bad happened. Casey skipped past me, brushing my arm as she did. That scent that radiated from her hooked into me. I must have followed her like a lap dog, and for the next 40 minutes, I helped her and her parents unload the last of their boxes. Her parents, Krista and Todd, were lovely. Even more lovely down here than from watching up in my creepy window. They invited me in for some lemonade. But I declined. I said I should be getting back. My dad would be home soon. Krista and Todd excused themselves. They had to return the moving truck to the depot, but would be bringing pizza back for dinner if my dad and I were interested. I was always interested in pizza, and their daughter, and I bet I could talk dad into it too. He'd be back from work soon, and I'd feel a little safer if he came with me. Krista and Todd left, and Casey and I had a lingering goodbye on the back porch. She asked if I wanted to come in for some lemonade now, and I did want to badly, but I couldn't. Something held me back. She leaned in and planted a kiss right on my cheek. I felt dynamite go off in my chest and my knees buckled. Casey was already grabbing another box and acting like she hadn't just turned my body into oatmeal. And then she was gone, stopping only briefly to sing over her shoulder that she had to bring some boxes downstairs and she wished I could help. I wished I could help too, but I just stood there. My heart was thumping through my chest. Wait, why couldn't I? What was holding me back from helping? Nothing. Stop being a baby. I heard Casey coming back up the stairs. She grabbed another box from the pile and saw me standing there still. She laughed and shook her head. All right. All right, screw it. I stepped up and onto the first step. I waited. You're fine, I thought and I took the next few steps quickly. I was up on the porch now and could see right into the kitchen and the door leading downstairs. I stepped inside for the first time and saw how bright it was. I didn't realize how much light actually traveled in here. It was far more welcoming than I expected. The kitchen was filled with boxes labeled for various places and filled with everything imaginable. Casey came back up, standing in the doorway, feigning shock to see me. She smiled, walked over, and hugged me. She kissed my other cheek this time, which made me buckle like a lawn chair, but I somehow kept my feet under me. Casey grabbed a box and tossed it to me. Then she grabbed one for herself and gave me a wink. I don't remember my feet moving, but then I was following her to the doorway. Then... I was on the stairs, going down. Then I was downstairs. No, not downstairs. This wasn't a downstairs. This was a basement. Or a cellar. And it was rotted through. Casey stood in the middle of the empty basement, staring back at me. The box she was holding no longer in her hands. And I realized I didn't have one in mine. 
and it all hit me. The third encounter I had with the house was the one time I saw a real estate agent there. I remember riding by on my new replacement bike. It wasn't that new at this point. I saw the lady out on the front steps of the house looking around. I couldn't tell if she was just going in or coming out, but she waved me over, a big smile on her face. I rode up to the edge of the property and got a warm greeting. She asked me if I'd seen anyone around the house and that the key for the front door was missing from the lockbox so she couldn't get in to do a walkthrough. I said I hadn't seen anyone. People didn't really come by the house. She sighed, annoyed. She said she really had to get in there. And then she got an idea. She asked if I would crawl in the basement window and go through the house and unlock the door from the inside. That was the scariest thing anyone had ever asked me. I absolutely did not want to do that. So I responded as I always do, with a series of ums and ahs and a no thanks to top it off. My answer didn't even make sense. She wasn't offering me anything. All I knew was I wasn't going in there for her or anyone else. I kicked my bike back into gear. She yelled out to me, asking if my mother needed my help. I don't know why, but that stuck in me like a knife. She said it with such an edge, like she knew I didn't have one. Yeah, I responded and continued up my driveway. Liar. I heard her whisper it, like it was right over my shoulder, right beside my ear. But when I turned back, she'd moved to the house. I rolled my bike inside our house because I never left it outside anymore and rushed up to my room. By the time I got there, the real estate lady was gone. Out of my peripherals, I saw a shadow move through one of the upstairs windows, but it was gone by the time my eyes hit it. Back in the basement, I stared at Casey, who stared right back, and it all made sense. Every memory I have of the house was it trying to lure me in. The stolen bike, the friendly real estate agent looking for a hand, the warm, loving family, and the beautiful daughter. It had me. The house finally figured me out played the long game, and sat and waited and watched. I took note of everything around me. It knew me better than I did. The windows disappeared, and the basement went dark, except for the light coming from the stairs. Two shadows passed in front of it, Krista and Todd. They looked down at me, smiling. It wasn't them, though. They weren't really her parents. They weren't really anything. They were ghosts, I suppose. Projections from the house, maybe. I thought of my dad coming back from work to an empty house and never seeing me again. In the darkness, I could hear my old bike bell chime out. Welcome home, said Casey. But it wasn't Casey anymore. It was that old woman with the crackly voice. Darkness took over as she floated towards me, her face falling off. And now I live here. <laughs>